Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, you guys. We got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your tastes in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a Fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. My name is Derek Diamond. And we have our community spotlight tonight with one of our uh, Discord members who is a part of our lovely community. His name goes by the name Atlas. Hey. How are you doing this evening, sir? A little bit better. I'm not left out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to restart the episode because uh, I completely forgot about Community Spotlight tonight. It's been a weird, it's just been a weird couple of weeks. Like, we missed last week and we had Pensacon. Derek's been working. It's like, it's hard to kind of keep track of everything lately. 
You you can say what you're really thinking. I'll take the heat for it. It's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so what brings you to the Nerd Cave Retro community? What what uh what's your role in the Nerd Cave Retro Discord community? Uh, I just love gaming. I like listening to y'all. You guys, I'm more of like the next generation of collectors, mm-hmm. and you guys are more old school. Where you have like the Nintendo SNES. And I just like listening about that. See if I can go out in the wild around town and find it. So, what was your, uh, what was your kind of your your first gaming uh, consoles? Like for me, it was the NES. For Derek, it was the Super Nintendo. But what what kind of era did you did you grow up in? I started out with a Sega Genesis, just playing Sonic Two and Street Fighter, and then I like skipped the whole generation and went to PS Two. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Atlas? I have no idea. It just kind of, <laughs> it's, I'm told it's that a guy that holds the globe and everything. Yeah. It's a cool it's, name. I, I dig it. Took a while to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, what's kind of your fa- favorite era to, to go back to? Uh, do you I mean, do you like current gaming or do you, prefer like that that era that ps2 era or even before that that's kind of difficult because i like the uh old school original doom but i also like playing ratchet and clank especially for the one coming out this friday mm-hmm. i'm waiting for that one it's just a mix it's yeah 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 i i never got into ratchet and clank i know it was synonymous with the playstation back in the day i'm i'm i didn't even know there was a new one coming out but that that's cool though that that franchise is still still pretty relevant uh they need to bring back jack and daxter and sly cooper yeah (laughs) jack and daxter was a lot of fun it's one that i hope to review in the next few weeks and i remember when the sequel came out i was like Wait a minute, this is completely different than the original Jack and Daxter, but it, it was a, a cool twist on the franchise. I actually like two better than one. I felt like it had more to it. When was yeah, the last Jack, Jack and Daxter game that came out? What uh stand by, let me look it up and I'll tell you. That feels like it's been a while <laughs> since there was a Jack and Daxter game. It was on the PS2, it's Jack X Combat Racing. Yeah, wow. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah. That was a good franchise. I don't understand why they don't don't keep that one around. Uh, Was that Naughty Dog who made that? Yeah, it was Naughty Dog Mm -hmm. that did that. I think they moved into more Uncharted than anything else. So the last Jack and Daxter game was actually for the PSP. It was Jack and Daxter, The Lost Frontier, released in 2009. But as far as, like, consoles, it was Jack X Combat Racing that Atlas mentioned. And that was released in 2005. Yeah, actually, I think now that Uncharted is over with, Naughty Dog is probably going to go back to some of their other properties and dude, they've been around for so long. It, it, it's weird to look back and see all the stuff that naughty dog has actually been a part of, uh, going back to the, you know, the kind of beginnings of the company. So they've got, a, unless they come up with something completely new, um, you know, they've got a lot to draw from and, and I, we haven't really heard anything from naughty dog in a while. 
I know it's kind of sad. They had such a good, and they just left it. Yeah. If you guys want to feel old, the first Jack and Daxter game came out 20 years ago this year. You shut your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm insulting myself, too. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... that's, I had no idea. I thought it was, like, 2003 when Jack and Daxter came out. Yeah, but that's still almost 20 years ago. (laughs) True. I didn't think it was 20 years ago on the dot. Yeah. Oh, man. Came out in North America December 3rd of 2001. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I um, I got... Uh, thanks to uh, Axeblade07, who uh, is in the chat room right now, and, and gifted me a birthday present of uh, three months of PS Now. And um, I went on there looking at... Uh, some of the PS2 titles they they had up on there, and they had um, Bounty Hunter, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, and I was like, oh, man, nice. I I love this game. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back and play this. So I played it for about 20 minutes, and I was so freaking lost, and I just didn't know where to go or what to do. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm in the mood for this right now, and uh, <laughs> moved on to Streets of Rage 4, which is what I'll be reviewing tonight. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I played Bounty Hunter. Yeah, actually brings, brings up that uh, Naughty Dog's been uh, doing The Last of Us the last few years. Yeah, I forgot that they had been doing that. Soon to be a TV series. Is it? Mm-hmm. With uh, Pedro Pascal. Huh, that's cool. Yep. I never played the game, though. I just, I don't, I've heard so many mixed things about it. I don't know if it would be the kind of thing I'm into, because it sounds really depressing. <laughs> like what it is it is pretty depressing i mean the first one's all right but then you get the second one and it's kind of downhill yeah i've heard that there's some uh there's some stuff in that second game that just like just depresses the hell out of you and i'm like i don't know if i want to put myself through that yeah i haven't played any of the last of us games i've watched some gameplay online the story looks really interesting i don't know if it would be a game that I could really get into as far as playing it, but I know a lot of people love it. Yeah. Um, before we go into the news tonight, I, I still haven't gotten to ask you, Derek, how's your last couple of weeks been for you? I know you've been busy. Yeah, I mean, it's about what you would expect. Yeah. I mean, I've got this week <laughs> off, thankfully. So what's crazy is that the season is already a third of the way over. That's crazy. It's gone by quick. Yeah. I, I will say that, so... I mean, the honestly, the whole year's gone by fast. It's about to be halfway over. I know. I did just realize today that we're already halfway through this year. Like, I'm still trying to get over 2020, and we're all already almost over with 2021. Like, what is happening with time? I don't understand. I don't know. It just seems like things move at such a faster pace. But, I mean, it's it's about what you would expect. Work, and then just kind of... Try to relax when I can. Been playing. Um, I started a new playthrough of Super Mario World, which I haven't played in mm. quite some time. So it's been fun to go back and revisit that. Yeah, I've uh, I'm in debt diving into some older stuff. Like I said, I played Streets of Rage four. Um, tried to play a little bit of Bounty Hunter. Um, I actually downloaded um, Little Nightmares. Have you guys played that yet? Mm-mm. Uh, the second uh-huh. the, the second one just dropped not too long ago. So I was thinking maybe I should just go back and play the first one. And then on PS Now, they had it available for free. 
So uh, I downloaded it to the PS4, and I've been playing it. And holy crap, it's scary, but it's it's compelling. And it's like a 2D platform. No, it's like a 3D platformer. Um, kind of like Little Big Planet, stuff like that. But man, it's so atmospheric and creepy. And there's just visuals in that game that just make you pucker. And I'm like, what what the hell am I looking at? And I, I, I'd give it a, a a recommendation that if you're into weird stuff like that, I would say give it a go. It's a pretty good game. And I think even if you pay for it, like on the Switch, I think it's pretty cheap. Like the first one's like 10, 12 bucks, if that, I think. I'm not sure, but I know it's pretty cheap. Sweet. But uh, yeah, I've been playing that, and that's that's just about it. Um, so do you guys want... We got a lot of news to get to. You guys ready to jump into the news for tonight? I can't wait to talk about this first story. Let's do it. So this one got sent to us from uh, I Am The Rampage and Staff Sergeant Sketch on NintendoEnthusiast.com. The Super Mario Brothers movie extended cut is released online. Um, Super Mario Brothers movie is one of the most infamous cases of bad video game adaptations. The 1993 film was a flop commercially and critically, but many Nintendo fans can't help but love it anyway. If you enjoy it for the beautiful train wreck that it is, you'll be happy to know there's more of it now than ever. An extended cut has been released online, restoring over 20 minutes worth of deleted scenes. And, um... Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Zack Snyder, what have you done? Yeah. Ever since the Snyder Cut came out, like this this was announced. Sylvester Stallone came out and said he's doing a director's cut of Rocky Four. But, Jason, you know what this means, though, right? What? <laughs> it means we have to redo our commentary track. No, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have it in me to get... Give 20 more minutes to this movie. I, I'm curious about it. Like, I'm legitimately curious about it. Like, I, this is not a good movie. Like, I'm not saying that it is, but it's... I feel like this article accurately depicted it. It's a train wreck that you can't help but enjoy to an extent. Like, it's so bad that I actually have a little bit of fun watching this movie. Did we really need 20 more minutes? Do we really no. need it? <laughs> No, I don't think we did at all. But now, if you if come to it, me and say, "Hey, we have tw- twenty more minutes of Terminator 2. Would you want to see it?" Hell yeah! This no, no, I don't really want to. I will. Uh, I'll watch it and give a a full review of it. <laughs> what about you, Atlas? Have you ever seen this movie? I actually haven't ever seen it before. You've never seen it. Wow. I've heard about it, but never seen it. Uh, what what would be the best best way to set him up? <laughs> I would say if you're curious about it, go watch it. I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere. I don't know if I could recommend him actually paying to rent this. No, I, w- I wouldn't recommend that. I would Here, I'll look it up to see if it's available. Yeah, I would say if it's available, maybe somebody snaked it on the YouTube or something. You could watch it, but... It's worth watching if you're curious about it, but it's not good at in the least. After hearing that, I don't think I want to. It's just 
Yeah, it's it's not available to stream anywhere, but I, I agree with you, Jason. I'm sure somebody has the full movie on YouTube somewhere. I actually sent the DVD, I think, to... Uh, was it Brandon Rutledge I sent it to? Yep. <laughs> Maybe you could hit up Brandon on, uh, on the Discord and see if he'll uh, send you the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's... It's an experience. You can watching say that. that movie. I, I will say that. That's putting it mildly. I think I yeah. had, I had a migraine after watching that movie. But it was one of the most fun commentary tracks we did. I'll give it that. It was a fun commentary to do, but to actually like watching it with friends makes it good. Making fun of it with y'all, with you guys, but I could not sit and just watch this by myself. Like, I, I couldn't get through it. If I was just watch like, hmm, I think I'll watch Super Mario Brothers. Like, that will never happen, ever. I would say the same, but I also voluntarily watched the Star Wars Holiday Special out of curiosity. Yeah, dude, I will say the new Holiday Special that's on Disney Plus is fantastic. I still need to watch it. It's good. It's really I, good. I'll watch, I'll watch it around Christmas time. A lot of, uh, it actually has some laugh out loud moments on it. So I, I recommend oh, good. it. Good. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from PCGamer.com. And this was sent to us from I Am The Rampage. Rampage. EA pulls the plug on old Need for Speed games after all. After some confusion and a surprise sale, Need for Speed Shift, Shift 2, and Undercover have all been removed from Steam. Uh, the original story says Electronic Arts is delisting a number of older Need for Speed games, which will also have their in-game stores closed and their online services retired. And the decision was made because EA is shifting gears to focus on the future of Need for Speed, and there just aren't enough players to justify supporting them anymore. Uh, the games that are being dropped were Need for Speed Carbon, Undercover, Shift, Shift 2, and The Run. And in an update, uh, it says things got a little confusing earlier today when instead of removing Need for Speed Shift, Shift 2, and Undercover, it put all three of them on sale instead as part of a larger EA racing scale. No explanation for the change was provided, but it seems like a not entirely unreasonable response to backlash against the no-notice removal a chance for one final spin around the block, so to speak. I, personally, I never really got into the Need for Speed games. Like, I'm not, uh, except for Mario Kart and a couple of other exceptions, I'm not a big racing fan. But I, mean, I know the Need for Speed games, they, they have their fan base. Yeah. And it, the whole story sounds kind of weird to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I played one Need for Speed game back, whichever one was on the original Xbox. Uh, Might have been Most Wanted or something like that. And it's weird because you would think that I, I don't know much about these games. I mean, is it mostly, uh, you might know this, Atlas. Are these mostly like an online experience or is there like a, is there a campaign element to these? There is a campaign element to it. I mean, I do play a lot of racing games. I tend to stay away from Need for Speed just because they're really not that great of racing games. Yeah. But, but overall, I, they're... I mean, I could understand like just taking off the online element, like taking off the store, but just having the game available with just the campaign and charging, you know, two or three bucks for it on 
Steam and good old games, I could understand that. But just to kind of completely take them away is kind of weird. It's like almost the same situation as the PS3 store and the Vita store. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. EA is a weird company. They do what they want. They're kind of, they kind of have the same attitude as Sony does as far as like older games. They're just like, who wants to play this stuff? And then just yank them away. And people are like, what are you doing? There's still people that play this stuff. I don't get true. it. It's a weird stance to take. Um, this, uh, this next story comes to us from, uh, Armed, actually the next three, four stories come from Armez Jackson. Uh, the first one is from NintendoEverything.com. Metal Unit launches on Switch this month. Metal Unit, a side-scrolling platformer with roguelite features, has been dated for Switch. Uh, it'll be arriving on June 17th. Uh, Metal Unit tells a tragic story of human survivors in their battle against monsters and machine to regain control of their planet. Uh, there's an action-packed battle system. You can dash to evade enemies or go on the offensive and chain multiple weapon attacks together to perform devastating, devastating combos, huge and diverse environments, roguelite elements upon death. The game will convert all equipped items into permanent research points. The points can then be used to unlock new items and skills. Um, you will constantly receive weapons of varying utility and will need to adapt your strategy to match your current equipment. Um, the assist mode will allow you to customize your metal unit experience to suit your tastes while players seeking thrilling difficulty will be able to tackle the challenge mode, stacking odds against them as they attempt to reap exciting new rewards. It will cost $15.99 on the Switch eShop. Um, do you guys write like ro like uh, roguelite type games? Um, I really enjoy um, uh, like Rogue Legacy and... Uh, um, uh, crap. What was uh, the name? What the hell is the name of the game I've been playing the last couple of weeks? I can't think of it. It's on the Switch. Uh, I'm just completely brain farted. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my brain. I mean, my personal opinion, I haven't dabbled too much into that genre, so I can't really say too much. I mean, the games look fun. I'll say that from, you know, I, I watched the, there's a trailer attached to this article that, that I watched and it, it looks fun. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'll, that I'll play it, but it looks like it has some fun elements to it. What about you, Atlas? Do you like the roguelike type games? They're all right for a little while, you know, just little time killers. Yeah. They, that's the thing with me. It kind of gets old after a while because you're constantly playing the same thing over and over again like you die you you come back uh, you know and get upgrade your stuff go through die again get a little further each time it's a fun concept but it does kind of get tend to get old really fast then you got to take breaks yeah our next story as we said comes from Armas Jackson he was very generous with the, yeah. the news articles <laughs> this week as Thanks, he is most of, yeah yeah shout out to Armas Jackson for all the news articles this comes to us from MyNintendoNews.com. New details for the House of the Dead remake for Nintendo Switch. New details have emerged regarding the upcoming remake of the classic Sega arcade title, House of the Dead. The game is destined for the Nintendo Switch first and then other platforms later, much like what happened with the Panzer Dragoon remake. The details were published on Twitter account The Wiki of the Dead have been handily condensed by Reddit member uh, TurboStrider27, 
Uh, and there's a lot of details, and I'll just hit kind of the, the high points. Um, coming first to Switch, currently testing on four different platforms, likely a Steam release. Shooting for 60 frames per second docked, 30 frames per second handheld, and 720p docked and handheld. It has the classic mode, original game with updated graphics, a horde mode, which is fast-paced, 15 times the number of enemies, unlockable characters, and other things. <laughs> Remade voice acting, which it says purposely <laughs> I bad. Which I, <laughs> I was just going to point that great. out. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that kind of makes me want to see this game. Yeah. Uh, the engine is Unity, like Panzer Dragoon Remake, HD Rumble for gun shooting effects. Uh, it says here COVID has not affected production because the team is used to working remotely. And then, let's see, crosshairs are different colors for each player. Blood color can be changed. Unlikely that the game will be at E3, which is crazy that E3 is, like, what, the end of this week? Yeah, yeah. And uh, then uh, the House of the Dead remake improves daily and is claimed to be in a better state today than when Panzer Dragoon remake was launched. It actually says uh, there's a nostalgic mode as well uh, with lower poly graphics considered if there's enough demand which I don't know why you would want to do that if you have updated graphics. Like, that's the thing that's drawing me to this is I like House of the Dead, um, and I, I may get this for the Switch because I enjoy that game, and if it has updated graphics and, you know, higher frame rate and all that kind of stuff, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I think so, too. I'd be interested in playing it. I've never played the original, but... It sounds pretty cool. Just don't ever watch the movie. That's a, a steaming pile of crap made by Uwe Boll, who ruins so, everything he touches. <laughs> so what you're saying is I should add it to the list for defending bad movies for Yes, next you should. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alice? Did you ever get to play House of the Dead back in the day? In arcade, yeah. It yeah. was fun. Yeah, it's a really fun game. Every time I see it, it's one of those games that, like I still see it in arcades. Um, now, like there's a local bowling alley that ha I think still has it. Uh, but whenever I see it, it's one of those games that instantly draws me to it, just because I just like playing it for some reason. So we I don't see that much anymore, honestly. <clears throat> like all these arcades are gone. Yeah, we still actually have a couple here uh, where I live. We there's one in the bowling alley that's pretty good. Uh, there's uh, the um, Margaritaville Casino, not casino, but uh, resort that has a giant arcade in it. Um, yeah, I want to move down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, wish I had um, a good arcade near me. Actually, Armez is in the chat room, and he says uh, one of the uh, one of the games that his wife loved to play, Games Work, back in the early two thousands. I've been, I went to a Games Works or a Game Works before. That was a huge arcade I went to up in Seattle that was awesome. I think I still have the card, too, that got me in the door. It was like, pay a certain amount and play all you want. It was great. I miss arcades. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, this next story, of course, is from Armez Jackson uh, from NintendoLife.com. Want more cool minigame systems? Say hello to the Taito Egret 2 Mini. Uh, if you like retro arcades and awesome re-releases, reimaginings, take a seat and a deep breath. Then uh, the video in the article um, will take you to the 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 launch trailer for the Egret Two Mini. 
Um, it is a screen that you can rotate. Like it looks like, um, kind of looks like that Capcom machine we talked about a while back. Um, but this yeah. one, you can actually rotate the screen from landscape to portrait, um, which you'll be able to switch the joystick from eight to four direction to match the game you're playing. Um, be 40 built-in games with another 10 that'll be sold in an expansion pack with a trackball controller. There's also an SD slot in which you'll be able to run other games that you purchase. Now, I never really wanted to pick up any of these little mini arcade-looking deals, but this one actually looks kind of cool. And, like, it, I don't think it'll be worth the money, but if this thing was... 50 75 bucks I would definitely pick it up but the pre-orders are roughly uh 18,678 yen which come out to 170 US dollars and that is yeah that's a little I if I'm going to pay 170 dollars I'm going to go get like a switch light or something like that yeah that's a little too expensive for me i mean don't get me wrong it looks cool and when i opened up this article it reminded me of the you know what you mentioned we had talked about a while back because it looks almost exactly the same but the the screen rotation is really cool i like that it comes with a controller as well um i it looks cool don't get me wrong but i can't pay 170 bucks for this personally yeah what about you, Atlas? Would you plop down almost $200 for this thing? <laughs> the only thing I would get it for is probably Tempest. But hell, I'd just go buy an arcade system for that. Yeah, I, that's another thing. Why haven't they made a uh, a Tempest machine from... Uh, what's the name of the... the Arcade 1UP? Arcade yeah, Arcade 1UP. Why haven't they made a Tempest machine? That's... Come on, Arcade 1UP. That's something I would really <laughs> want to get because Tempest is one of those games that you cannot duplicate that arcade experience without that, you know, that twister controller thing. That trackball was just amazing. Yeah, it was great. Which I mean, you try to run it. Oh, go ahead. You try to run it on like emulators. It's just like nowhere near the same. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work without that trackball. Like that's. Uh, I I used to play that game at the the, uh, the skating rink when I was a kid, and holy crap, that thing took so many dollars from me, dollars and quarters. Like just at least ten dollars every time I went to the skating rink, I would pump into Tempest. That was such a cool game. I was the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Axeblade said uh shipping is expensive out of Amazon Amazon Japan, so it would be well over two hundred with shipping. Like that's whoo man. Yep, nope. Rampage, you might be right. That they might have did it with the centipede machine. Um I'm gonna have to look that up but I don't know. That seems like they they if you're gonna make that tra that that trackball thing you're going to want to put every game that utilizes that onto one machine. Like, that would just make more sense to me. Yeah. It, it might be, Armez. He was saying it might be on the Asteroids Arcade 1-Up. It's, it's on one of those. It might be. If it is, that might be something I want to look into. Because I love me some Tempest. Let's see. Our final news story for this week. 
of course, comes to us from Armas Jackson, and it is from NintendoLife.com. Berserk Boy is a promising retro-inspired action platformer that's heading to Switch. Retro-inspired action platformers don't normally give themselves an extended promotional run-in to release, but perhaps Berserk Boy can pull it off. Though it's not due until quarter four of 2022 on Switch and various other platforms, it looks particularly good in its initial announcement details. As you can see in the video above, the developer uh, Berserk, Berserk Boy Games has some fun ideas, as outlined by studio founder Zoo Ethsium. In the press release, it shoots for the same genre as franchises like Mega Man, Sonic, Pulse Man, and Gun Vault. You can certainly see various influences in some of the game ideas. Uh, some of the features include changing to different Berserk forms, where you can merge with the five Berserk Force Orbs, Lightning, Fire, Earth, Air, and Ice, no, it does not form Captain Planet and absorb their <laughs> unique abilities. Uh, explore New Hope City and beyond. Jump, dash, slam, and slide through multiple sprawling stages. Find alternate paths and hidden collectibles. And a modern adventure with a retro feel. Slick and stylish platforming action inspired by a love for the genre greats. And the music is by uh, T. Lopez, who composed the Sonic Mania soundtrack. which. Oh. It's one of the best Sonic soundtracks out there, so that alone makes me happy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the trailer for this the other day um, when I was looking up this article, um, uh, and it has that Mega Man look to it, like kind of feel to it, but but more the 16-bit era. I'm. This looks really interesting. I think I might give this a go once it drops on... Uh, on the switch because it just is it's the type of gameplay that's right up my alley like that fast paced kind of side scrolling you know just going berserk basically yeah this looks really cool and we've got a while to wait but i think it'll be worth it yeah what do you think atlas would this be something you'd be interested in i'd try just for the music because i like the music of sonic mania yeah I dig it. I would. Uh, I might actually play this and uh, might do a review of it. We'll see. Yeah, Rampage says the music is the only good thing about Sonic Mania. <laughs> Don't. I respectfully disagree, <laughs> sir. You better watch out. Derek might kick you out of the chat room for talk like that. <laughs> uh, no, I. He's he's mentioned that before. So I mean, it's it's a little gimmicky for a Sonic game, but I still enjoy it. Yeah, it's no Sonic Two, but then again, what is? <laughs> um, there was something going on about Sonic Three lately. Um, some talk, yeah, some chatter about Sonic Three. So they had the like the Sonic 30th anniversary. Um, I don't know. It was almost like a Nintendo Direct because this happened last week, and they announced a new Sonic game which is coming out in 2022. Which the rumor is it's going to be open world, hmm. which I think would be very interesting for that type of gameplay there's also going to be sonic origins which is a collection of all the classic sonic games including sonic 3 and knuckles the combined game which i don't know if that's been available to any like next gen platform like even going back to like the gamecube or the wii yeah and that's coming out in 2022 as well it's called sonic origins yeah actually brought up i don't know if you saw this today uh the, they're putting out an arcade one-up Simpsons arcade game. Yes. And I got excited till I saw the price tag. 
Yeah, I can't pay $600 for that. That's a lot of money. I mean, you can almost go find an old full-size cabinet for that. <laughs> I wish they would just put that game on, like, the current-gen systems, because the Simpsons Arcade, like, don't get me wrong, Ninja Turtles is still my favorite of that style of game, but the Simpsons one is a lot of fun. Yeah, I had so much fun playing the Simpsons. I don't know why they never released that on no. any kind of home console. Must have been no something idea. weird with the rights or something with that. That just seems... That seems like that would have just done gangbusters. Imagine if they would have released that for... You know, the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis at the time. Like, I would have bought it. Makes you wonder how much Arcade 1-Up paid for the rights. I know. It's The Simpsons, which is now Disney, so... Yeah. Yeah. How weird is that to say? I know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Maggie's a Disney princess. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, before we move into the uh, the review for tonight, Derek has shout-outs. Yes, as always, we'll have to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, Jason May, Matthew Salmon, and Justin Olson. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to the show, keeping the lights on for us. And because you have kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. Not entirely sure what we're going to do for this month, but sure it'll be something fun. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash Nerd Cave Retro. Yeah, I was thinking uh, me, you, and Wally should discuss uh, different movies that we should do a commentary for and then put up a uh, uh, Patreon poll that everybody can vote on. We should each pick one. Yeah. And then we we put it up to vote. I'm okay with that. I and I won't put up Mortal Kombat Annihilation because Axblade said he would leave the Patreon if that happens. So I can pretty much say since it's Ghostbusters month, Wally will probably pick Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'd be okay with and that. And I'm okay honestly. with that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Um, I mean, it's 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 about as close to a perfect movie as you can get. Yeah, that Back to the Future. You know, anything like that. Perfect movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but tonight I'm going to be talking about. I can't hear it. Why is it not playing? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Why is my thing not playing? Here we go. There we go. Streets of Rage 4 is a beat-em-up game developed by Dotemu, Lizard Cube, and Guard Crush Games. It is a continuation of Sega's Streets of Rage series, you don't say, and was released in 2020 for Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Mac OS, and Linux. It uh, received generally positive reviews from critics and has sold over 1.5 million copies. Um, the carrying on the style of gameplay from previous entries in the Streets of Rage series from the early 90s. Uh, it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up from which up to four players locally or two players online fight against waves of enemies aided by disposable weapons 
and item pickups. Um, and I just did Streets of Rage two what like a couple months ago, uh, because it was like on that. yeah it was on the Genesis Mini, uh, and I really enjoy the Streets of Rage, uh, the early Streets of Rage games because you know I was a huge Final Fight. Um, I still love Final Fight. It's one of my favorite games, not only in the arcade, but for the Super Nintendo as well, even though there was a lot yanked out of that game <laughs> to be on the Super Nintendo. But I still enjoyed it. still a great game. Uh, and, and Streets of Rage was Sega's answer to for the Streets of uh, Street Fighter um, series. And not Street Fighter, uh, Final Fight. Um it's got kind of the same, you know, back then you look at it, those back then, those characters, the, the sprite based characters, they kind of the same, they kind of had the same, uh, style move. So you could go from switch between those two games pretty easily. And it's pretty much the same kind of thing where, you know, somebody, you know, somebody's <clears throat> daughter or girlfriend gets kidnapped or, or, you know, gangs are <clears throat> running through the city and you have to, to stop them like it's just it's the trope of the you know the 2d side scroll the 90s 2d side scrollers this is in that same vein uh, of course the graphics are way better now uh, it's got a very cartoonish look to it almost like a like an anime style to the 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 characters um one of the characters i can't remember his name uh Let's see, what are the characters' names? Let me try to find that here. Uh, the, uh, the story is 10 years after the events of Streets of Rage 3, which I'm going to get to some, one of these days, uh, the criminal in which the criminal mastermind, Mr. X, was defeated, Widow City falls under the control of a new crime syndicate led by Mr. X's children, the Y-Twins, who plan to brainwash its citizens with hypnotic music. Blaze Fielding, who has been there since the beginning, he's the blonde guy, Calls in some old favors to take the twins down. Joining Blaze are her old friends. Uh, or no, Blaze is the the girl. That's right. Yeah, Blaze is the girl. Axel Stone is the guy, the blind guy. Uh, and Adam Hunter, Adam's daughter Cherry Hunter, and Floyd Araya, uh, uh, Floyd Araya. I don't even know how to say it. A, a cybernetically enhanced apprentice of Doctor Zan, and uh, Floyd is my favorite character to use in the game. Because <laughs> he's humongous and he has arms like Jax from Mortal Kombat. He's got metal arms and he's like, he just destroys everyone. And he was my favorite character to use throughout the whole game. And that's basically just it. You go through, you know, level to level. You're going through the city, each, you know, fighting off, uh, boss, you know, mini bosses. And then you finally get down to the final encounters and you got to fight the X-Twins. you got to fight them one at a time, which is hard enough. And then you get to the very end of the game where you have to fight them both at the same time, which is kind of crazy and hard to do when you're just playing it by yourself. I would have loved to play this four-player locally. Um, and I, I'd, I would like to play this uh, with somebody two-player online because it would be so fun. But my... Um, my only complaint with the game is it's really fun, but I think I beat it in like an hour, hour and a half. It didn't take long at all. Yeah, it, it seems like a really short 
type of game, but you touched on what really stood out to me when you're watching a little bit of gameplay and looking at some photos of it. I love the look of this game. It looks like a comic book brought yeah. to life. Like I love the bright colorfulness of the game. Uh, it just like it makes you want to play it just based on the look alone because it's like you're watching a modern type of cartoon. Yeah. On you know like whether it's like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or something like that. I I love the look. I love the the backgrounds look great. Uh, there there was one screen cap I remember looking at where you're fighting in what looks like a, like an area where you'd be waiting for the subway. And there's graffiti in the background and everything, and some of it's even like really small, and you have to really pay attention to it to see what it says. Yeah. But I just love that the the detail that goes into these types of games specifically is really impressive to me, and that that was what really stood out to me when looking up this game. And that's another thing about playing this these type of games because I really like to look at the backgrounds and really appreciate the artwork that goes into the, these type of games because I think that's the reason why these types of games like Final Fight and Streets of Rage and, you know, the, the Street Fighter, I think that's why that era of those type of games have lasted for so long as they have, especially even even with this game is because the, of the stylized graphics of, you know, the, the sprite, <clears throat> the... The characters, not only the characters themselves, but the amount of detail that goes into the backgrounds of these type of games. And that's, I think that's what helps these games kind of have the longevity that they have. Yeah, you look at games, and we've touched on this before, but you look at games that were made in, say, like the mid to late 2000s that are supposed to look realistic. Yeah, they don't hold up. But the up. graphics don't, don't hold up, but you look at games that are animated, mm -hmm. there's so many different animation styles that they all become timeless yeah. in a way. Like, you might be able to tell when a game was made, but the look of it will hold up more so over something that was supposed to look realistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at games like World of Warcraft. I mean, why do you think that game has stuck around for... Almost, it's what, 17 years now? Like, the beta came out in 2004. It launched in, what, 2005, 2006? It's still going, even though they've updated the graphics over the years, but they made the choice to make that game stylized. The graphics, the, the, the character designs, everything has that kind of cartoonish look to it. And when you do that, I mean, you look at the Zelda series, the Zelda games that have held up so well over the years are the ones that tried not to be realistic. You know, the ones that are stylized are the ones that have held up the longest. There's a reason why most of the Zelda games since Wind Waker have a certain type of animation yeah. to them. Because you look at Twilight Princess, no one really talks about it all that much. Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Atlas? Have you uh, did you get to play Streets of Rage four or any other Streets of Rage games? I think the closest thing would be like Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, with the style and everything. Yeah, that's another great example too. I haven't played Scott Pilgrim, but I've I've watched gameplay of it, and I'm I'm glad they they brought it back to be able to be purchased because I think that game deserves to be you know, available because it looks great and I'd love to play it. I not a big fan of the movie, but 
I would love to go back and play the game itself. There was a movie. <laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> it had a pretty good cast too. Yeah, it's got a great cast. It's, I don't Chris know. Evans was in it. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's it? Brandon Routh was in it. Yep. Um. There's a lot of Michael Sarah was. Yeah, Michael Sarah. It was. It had the pedigree to be a good movie. I think. I think people are giving it a second chance now. There's been a lot of chatter about that movie lately online and on podcasts. So I think people are giving it a second look, but I remember when I watched it, I found it to be kind of boring and slow, but that's just me. Yeah, I can see that. I I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was like. It's not my favorite movie, but it's not bad. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I was trying to see if there, what were some of the reviews for this game? Um, Streets of Rage 4 generally got positive reviews on Metacritic. Uh, Destructoid gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Eurogamer gave it uh, Essential. Game Informer gave it 7 out of 10. GameSpot, 8 out of 10. IGN, 7 out of 10. So it got some pretty good um, reviews. Um, Leo Fairman of the Sunday Morning Herald wrote that the visuals, sounds, and mechanics aren't as envelope-pushing in 2020 as the originals were in the early 90s, but the balance between embracing nostalgia and reformulating the brawler for the current decade has struck wonderfully. I think that's uh, really what captured me about it, is it's still got the spirit of those early you know, early 90s beat-em-ups, but it's got that that quickness and the, <clears throat> like the, the music to this game. Holy crap, the music's so good. For this game, uh, who did the soundtrack? It was game. It was primarily composed by Olivier Derivier. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, with additional compositions from Yuzo Koshiro, Motohiro Kawashima, Yoko Shimomura, Kaiji Yamaguchi, and Harumi uh, Fujita, uh, Daz Mortal, and Groundeslava. I guess those are bands. I don't. I don't know. I never heard of those. Um, but uh, the music, I, I could just sit and listen to the music of this game. It's got that, like, uh, I don't know. It's It's got a modern sound, but it's got that 90s sort of techno vibe to it. But it's also got some, like, smooth techno to it. It's weird. Just go on YouTube and listen to some of the music for this game, and you'll get what I'm talking about. It's kind of got that 90s vibe to it, but it's very modern. It's weird. And I really, really like the music for this game, but it's just sort of the perfect mixture of, you know, like like it said, like the nostalgia of the original games, but it's just got that cool look to it and the music, and it it's one of those games where the um, the hit detection and the physics of the game just feel good to play. You know, like when you connect punches and you do your super moves and all that kind of stuff, it just it feels so satisfying. Like it's just something you can't really duplicate. It's it's you either have it or you don't. I, I'd be interested in checking it out because it, it looks like a lot of fun, and I, I've never played any of the Streets of Rage games, but it looks fun. Yeah. This right, it's it, I love these kind of two D beat 'em ups like this, but like I said, it's a very very short game. 
like I think it I, it was less than two hours, and I beat it. So, it, it go into it knowing that, keeping that in mind. Like even if you're playing it just one player, you're gonna beat it pretty quick. And uh, but I could definitely see this as one of those games that you could play over and over again, especially if you have somebody that you can play with online or, you know, like couch co-op four player would be really fun to see all four of those characters on screen at the same time playing. So, you know, I, it's got a great pedigree behind it. I think they put a lot of thought and care. You could definitely tell that, you know, when they were making this game that they really care about the streets of rage, uh, legacy. And I think they just made a great, Streets of Rage game for the current era, and it's sold a lot of copies. So, um, if you've never played any of the Streets of Rage games, I would definitely say you know start with this one and then work your way backwards. Go get a a Sega Genesis Mini, or you know I think they might even have Streets of Rage on uh, arcade classics uh, on the Nintendo Switch or something like that. You might even you might be able to get Streets of Rage on the Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure, but even if you can't, Genesis Minis go for pretty cheap these days. You know, fifty, sixty bucks. All that stuff's on there. Streets of Rage Two. Um, I I recommend it. It's really short. That's my only. That's my only gripe with it is I expected to have, you know, be able to play it for a little while, maybe an hour or two, save, come back and play it again the next day. But I just wipe through the whole thing in one sitting and I was like well that's that but I really enjoyed it so I if out of a, out of 10 I would give it a solid eight eight out of ten I dig that I dig that score a lot actually yeah and if you have a uh you know a ps4 ps5 uh Axeblade uh said that's the great thing about ps now um you just, you know, go get your three or six months or whatever, or hell, even just a month of PS Now, and you've got all these games you can play, and it's available on there right now for free. I mean, not free, you have to pay for the PS Now, but, you know, you can go play that in an afternoon, you can go get Little Nightmares, play that, and so many other things you can play, so... Um, that's another option that you could uh, go for to, to be able to get Streets of Rage 4. Nice. So, what about you, Atlas? Do you have anything to add to the uh, the street, the Streets of Rage Four um, score? Or did, did you say you played it, or you hadn't played it? I haven't played it, but it's another review where I just want to go get me many uh, Genesis Mini now. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> I I can't believe you haven't gotten one because the Genesis Mini is totally worth the money like that. Of all the minis, I think the Genesis Mini was probably the most bang for your buck. Agreed. I definitely got to get one. 100%. Yeah, and it looks so cool, too, sitting on the shelf. Every I look at it every day, and I'm like, it's so cool. that I love the Super Nintendo. I love the regular Nintendo, you know, the, the NES. But, man, when it comes came to get, like console design... That Genesis just looks the best. Like, it just looks so... Even today, I have the Genesis Mini and I have a regular-sized Genesis sitting on the shelf downstairs under the TV, and they just look so cool. It's like one of the coolest designs ever. 
Just makes you smile. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's uh, pretty much the end of the episode. Um, Atlas, thank you for joining us, man. I'm so sorry that we we just brain farted at the beginning. We started the episode, and I was like, oh, we forgot. <laughs> and we we had to call you real quick and get you on the show, man. It was great having you here. That was fun. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And uh, thank you for uh, for being a part of the Discord community as well. Like having you over there. Um, if you want to be like Atlas and you want to become a part of our Discord community, head over to our Twitter account at NerdCaveRetro, and right there at the very top, you click that link and it'll take you right to the Discord community. Because if if you want to go to a community where we like to talk about uh, gaming all day long, we we trade memes, we share cool videos and we don't talk politics and we don't anybody comes in being a dick we kick them out so if you want to come in and be a part of a cool community uh go join our discord uh server we'll love to have you over there and uh atlas th- again thank you very much for coming on the show tonight man well thank you guys too where can everybody find you on the interwebs uh nowhere pretty much oh you don't do like twitter (laughs) well i do it's i don't even know what my twitter handle is (laughs) (laughs) if you want to talk to atlas go to the go to our discord server and uh that's where he's most active over there i think that's where most of us are most active is over there on the discord server so derek what about you what uh well, you're not going to be here next week, um, which uh, the official fact checker, Mr. Wally Phelps, will be here next week to take your place. So everybody uh, be prepared for that. And uh, can't wait to have Wally here so he can make fun of me for probably messing up a lot of stuff tonight. Oh, well. Or he'll just find something yeah. to grill you about. <laughs> as as Wally does. Oh, I think you are Yeah, it should be a, a good show next week because... Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it should be a good show next week because we'll have the E3 news to talk about and everything. So look forward to listening to it uh, just like everybody else. Yeah. But um, I actually, for this week's Derek Diamond experience, I've got a really cool show lined up. So for those of you who are fans of hip-hop in the 90s, I chat with (laughs) DC Glenn, who is one half of Tag Team, if you don't know who Tag Team is, they came up with the song, Whoop, There It Is. Uh, he recently got into acting and actually has a really cool story uh, to tell how his career changed forever due to COVID. Really? So it's a really fun show. Hopefully uh, everyone checks it out. Uh, those who are listening live, it'll be online tomorrow. If you're listening on the download, it's out now. Did you ask him about the commercial and if you want to... that they're on? <laughs> oh, we talked... We we talk in depth about that commercial. Fantastic. So it's it's good stuff. And if you want to follow the show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. Awesome. And Bubby has decided to join us for the end of the show. Say hi, Kitty. If they can even see his eyes there, he's he's so dark you can't even see him. You gotta get you some sun, Kitty, and uh, lighten up your your fur a little bit. Your bobtail. He's all good. Did you see my Hulkamania picture of him the other day? He was not happy when I put the Hulkamania bandana. <laughs> it was <on>. pretty great. <laughs> he was not happy. Um, but yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of the show here. Let me... Uh, actually, uh, um, 
before we go, uh, go check out Open Micers podcast. Where la- last week we talked with Renee Phoenix um, from uh, what was the name of her record label? Um, hold on, uh, Renee. Let me go to Twitter and let me pull up the Open Micers real quick. Sorry, should have had this pulled up already. Here we go. Open micers. Yes, we talked with Renee Phoenix of Freak Machine Records. Uh, she was a front woman for Fit for Rivals, who was a pretty big band back in the late aughts. And uh, they're actually, she's doing some touring of her own now and with her own band. Um, if you go to freakmachinerecords.com, uh, you can check out her new music video that she's got up on there right now for a song called Swallow, which is freaking awesome. Um, uh, she's headlining the Anxiety Fest Mississippi at B-Lux on, um, I think July 7th it is, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but go check that out at Open Micers on Twitter, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook, and go listen to that ep- episode. She was awesome to talk to, so if you like music, you like metal, go check her out on Open Micers. So, I'm ready to get out of here, what do you say? Let's do it. Awesome. If you would like to email us, you can email us at... Um, if Why is my music not playing? What is going on with my soundboard tonight? I, I got to do some uh, do some fixing of things on the computer here. Uh, there it is. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And of course, individually at jpuntastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We, uh, go get you some merch. We got t-shirts, stickers, um, bags, pillows, anything you want over at ncrmerch.com. Go get whatever you need over there. Also, at Patreon, go support us over there. Patreon.com slash Retro. That keeps the lights on here at the show, pays our server costs, and you give us about $50 every month, we will do those extra commentary episodes every single month. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Wow. Never rub another man's rhubarb. (laughs) You blow it! Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.